Welcome to More Than Once Upon a Time, a storytelling podcast where we celebrate the ancient art of storytelling in the modern day. No matter what medium, we can find great stories if we look hard enough and dive deep enough. So we kind of talked a little bit about the different kind of big names in independent filmmaking, like uh, Greta Gerwig, Noah Bumbach, and Wes Anderson. Let's kind of discuss how they write these sto- their stories, you know. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, how, how they tell them effectively, you know. So uh, we kind of uh, already discussed this at length in the um, coming-of-age story sort of thing. But let's kind of talk a little bit more about what it means to write an independent film you know so it takes a lot of heart takes a lot of really good writing um well actually you know let's go let's go this writing uh for the human um condition Condition. yes writing for the human condition um what does that mean to you guys um i guess just writing honestly so and making sure you write stories that have that people can look at and apply to their own lives. Um, I'm sure I have more thoughts on that, but would you like to add anything? I guess for me, you know, it's, I want to write the stories that I want to watch. You know, I want to write the things that resonate with me and in turn, because we're humans, they're going to resonate with other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I think it's important, you know, where you're relatable, but you're also telling the story that, you want not just oh well i know other people will like this don't worry about if the other people like it that you will find your group that likes it make it for yourself first yeah the thing about being humans is we're all kind of different but we all go through the same experiences Mm -hmm. in some shape way or form and so you just gotta i don't know just kind of get that understanding with each other and when I write, too, you know, I write characters that I want to play as well. You know, if I write something like, oh, I would like to play this woman. I think it would be an interesting role to take on. I think it would be interesting to get inside of her head. You know, it's it's kind of just your own personal flair because, I mean, I'm an actress, so this is kind of how my brain is working. Somebody that's a writer is going to write maybe more you're going to think differently about how you're writing. If you're going to produce it, you're going to think differently about it. If you're directing it, you're going to think differently about it. You know, you just have to look at it from different standpoints, unless you are only a writer and you just want to write the words and say, this is what I want, which is good too. And it's sometimes it's good to separate yourself from that and go, well, I don't know if I'm going to produce this or not, but I need Mm -hmm. just need to get it out. Yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike White said, part of writing is like being a god. You're making your own situation, you know. Mm-hmm. And in indie filmmaking, I feel like Greta Gerwig, Noah Bumbach, and Wes Anderson um, are definitely well at painting a picture. They play God really well. And that doesn't, that, <laughs> it's a really thing, weird thing to yeah. say, but it's so fun. I was thinking with the main character from Marriage Story, Charlie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I forget the... Um, Scarlett's character. Do you remember her Scarlett name? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson and then um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. They not only reflect on what kids have gone through, but, I mean, he's talking about his own divorce there, so it's talking about what humans... Supposedly. Supposedly. Okay, <laughs> supposedly. Allegedly. It's based off his own divorce. So, I mean, 
it's just an earth-shattering idea that this story about two people can encompass so many people, you know? Um, and I also want to mention, I feel like this squashes a lot of uh, normal stories that you see, like, say, in superhero movies, mm-hmm. uh, especially Joseph Campbell's story of mm-hmm. the, the, the hero's journey, yep. you know? Uh, for instance, I mean, and we'll get to this point here in a little bit, but a lot of the main characters in independent film is women. Yeah. Is women, you know? Um, how else do they squash uh, traditions? A lot of the times they're they're a bit slower. And I feel like slower, like especially in Manchester by the Sea, all those scenes are so slow. I think it helps the audience understand what the characters are going through, this moment of reflection that's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very present with like Lee and Patrick in Manchester by the Sea. I have no doubt that the actor who played Patrick got uh, nominated for those rewards because of the uh, frozen chicken scene in the freezer. Just how subtle and just how much he transitioned from somebody who's kind of frustrated that all their frozen chicken has fallen uh, from the freezer to this person who's broken up because he's thinking about his father who's stuck in a freezer Mm -hmm. who can't be buried yet. Mm -hmm. That's, of course, to do with the Catholic faith. Yeah, true. They just, indie film, indie film writing just does so well with the grounds of reality and the small behind the scenes things, the stuff that nobody else would ever think of, you know, Uh, just small, minute details that make up everything. It's so interesting because, I mean, in the beginning, you know, you're mentioning Gerwig, Bumbach, and Anderson, who all three of them have such different voices and their ability to world build are all totally different you know you have Gerwig with Little Women mm-hmm. who's rebuilding the Civil War era you know that is the world that it's taking place in but still at the same time it could be taking place right now you know Bumbach is recreating his marriage in air quotes <laughs> and Anderson is just creating his own Anderson-y world every single film could take place in the exact same world with Anderson but never truly in our own you know it's it's interesting and it's so clever how all of them are so different yet you know Noah and Anderson write together all of the time yet their voices are still so purely their own you know that's the thing about independent film everybody has their own voice and you don't have just that common oh well we'll just use Joseph Campbell because that's what works that's not independent film you don't stick with what works you break barriers And you're not afraid to because you have that outlet. You don't have to sit there and say, oh, well, I have to do this because of, you know, my manager or something. No, you don't have to do that. You have more freedom in that case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's all for breaking barriers, you know. I mean, to kind of speak to independent uh, film as an industry as a whole, I mean, it's just all these things that make it up that, definitely explains why it does not win like all the best rewards uh best awards um at like the golden globes or whatever um but they sweep different competitions the indies uh the independent um filmmaker competitions i'm not exactly familiar with all the names i'm sure you guys could do uh, know them a lot better than i can but i mean but. right now they're looking at anderson for his for his premiere they're looking at con you know think about that oh i premiered at con what is that you know think about what level you have to be at for that and you know it's not a big production company it is Wes Anderson yeah and I mean 
I don't think people who know what independent independent film is all about would know any about anything about this. Like they're totally, I think, well, unless you're just a m- fan of film by itself. Mm-hmm. But if you're just involved in Hollywood movies, you aren't getting, I don't think, this level of depth when mm-hmm. it comes that independent film comes with just this um, human soul bearing greatness that only independent film can really give you. With that, we're going to go take a short break. Go grab a drink, use the restroom, do whatever you need to do, and I'll see you in just a minute. Okay, break's over. Let's get back to the storytelling action. So, one last point, and arguably one of the biggest points I wanted to cover is the deep presence of feminism, femininity, uh, in independent films. A few of the films I mentioned earlier contains this, like Lady Bird and Book uh, Booksmart, but there's also films like Little Women, uh, Amelie, and Frances Ha. For a change, I kind of want you guys to start this off. Like, you guys are kind of in this, I want you to tell me a little bit about um, feminism in independent film. Go off. I have lots to go off about, Allie. Do you <laughs> want to start? Hmm. Um, ooh, I don't know where to start. I do like that recently in the past couple of years we've gotten more um, female stories. Um, and just because I'm a female doesn't mean I have to have female stories. But no. it's I think it's important that we recognize that we can also have strong stories for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally in the past, we've been painted as... Women have been painted as mm, maybe not so female, positively. Female directors were a novelty. Yeah. And it is getting better with female directors, although... It's still not there. Like, we had some great female directors this year, like Greta Gerwig, and um, I'm sure Shelby could name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the Oscars, they were all male directors for up for best director. Yeah. If I and could, if uh, you yeah sorry, um, if you want a spot on that list, there's e- either there's usually only one minority, and the rest are all white males yeah so if i could interject here in just a second uh, a quick thought from me is that you know in the biological differences uh there is between you know how a man and a woman think i mean it's so important to get these different perspectives because we've gotten a lot of ideas of how man thinks just through the different directing and story writing that we've gotten the storytelling through man mm-hmm. um 
But I mean, if you get somebody who's, you know, if you get a female or mm-hmm. what specifically, uh, if you want to refer to like a white male, like there's so many different stories you can get from a black male or uh, a white female or a black female. There's so many different ways to interpret stories. But speaking uh, specifically to sex, um, we have different ways of thinking, different ways of organizing our thoughts, and they're going to be displayed differently on the screen uh, and on the paper. For sure. So I have a hard time with that because I'll watch a male film and I think about it the exact same way I would watch a female-directed film. You think so? Yeah, I don't see a difference typically, unless, I mean, it's so blatantly clear. But I think if you get down to it, a lot of the experiences are quite similar just in base human reality. Mm. Okay, well, here was a discussion that we were having online last night on one of the film pages I follow, and it was sexuality and sex in film. Are sex scenes relevant are they necessary to the story and you know it was interesting because you're i was reading through the comments and every single woman on there said no not necessary and i agree with that i i don't believe i mean unless it is absolutely certainly pertaining to the story that is what your story is about it's not really all that necessary i mean i'm much more impressed if a filmmaker can sit down and create something with the same feeling as you would get from a sex scene but done more tastefully and especially Mm -hmm. for actors because so typically they're exploited or you have this idea that going into the acting profession you have to be willing to bear it all which is not fair because you you have many actors and actresses who don't want to show all the skin they don't want to be displayed like that so I think it's important that we can recognize that there are other ways to do this. And yeah, I mean, we have definitely made strides since the 80s where, you know, in your contract it says, well, to make this film great, you have to have like at least this many sex scenes. You have to show breasts this many times, you know, or otherwise your film won't be sold. We won't buy it and it won't go out to the masses. Your art will just not be displayed if you don't have these things in there. So, I mean, we have made strides since then, but I just... It would be nice if we had some more voices who are willing to speak up and say, you know, this is wrong. And there were a lot of male voices on there that said, well, you know, sex sells, which is true. Sex definitely does sell. But I don't think a lot of people are really speaking up about the fact that there are other ways to sell the same feeling without the exploitation of actors or without having to have uncomfortable sex scenes Mm -hmm. that are typically unrealistic and sent unrealistic yeah. standards and you know that uh reminds me of what i wanted to talk about a little bit earlier with amelie mm-hmm. uh there's a scene where amelie and uh this guy that she's kind of been admiring and only just had the nerve to try and interact with uh where they finally meet and they had this long backstory of where they were kind of both lost souls in this big pond you know um but they finally come together and uh, they just kind of stare at each other for a bit. And the first move Amelie makes is, like, kissing him on the cheek and then, like, on, like, the far side near, like, his ear and then, like, on his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, this is one of the most uh, affectionate things that she does at the movie to another person, mm-hmm. um, or at least in the intimate way. Um and then, like, he started to reciprocate it back, like, just doing that same exact thing, kissing her uh, on, like, the cheek or whatever. 
Uh, and it was so like, I could feel my heart beating just how amazing it was because they weren't having sex, but it was so, so intimate. It was so, it felt sacred, Mm -hmm. you know, like just Mm -hmm. this coming between two people that wasn't sexual, you know? Which I think speaks much louder than, oh yeah, we could just have a basic sex scene, but you could show the intimacy so much better just through like a nice passionate kiss or just looking into each other's eyes, the Mm -hmm. brush of a lip against an ear even, you know? Absolutely. It's just the camera, like keep it close and you don't have to show a lot of skin. Yeah, you just have to show emotion. Mm -hmm. Which I mean relies a lot on the director and a lot on the actors, Mm -hmm. but have faith in your actors they can do it trust me yeah yeah to kind of uh put this in another um perspective i kind of want to talk about little women and kind of like sisterhood sister bonding so um we had all seen uh little women in theaters and it was a really wonderful movie um a wonderful film and i think what was most impressive to me was just this time gap in between and seeing just how strong the relationship between these sisters was Mm -hmm. despite the many different um aspects to it uh you know the different men that they talked to the uh Mm -hmm. um medical conditions things like that they managed to stay all so loving and together despite everything and that's interesting because a lot of people have talked about you know how different this take on little women is because Gerwig is such a feminist you know, when she did her 73 questions with Vogue, they said, you know, what story would you like to hear retold? She's like, oh, I'd like to hear the Bible. But from the women's perspective, which <laughs> totally okay with that. If she wants to make that, I will be there. That would be awesome. <laughs> but, you know, little women. So you have Florence Pugh who played um, Amy. And mm-hmm. she said, I refuse to play Amy as an awful human being. I do not want her to be the villain. And she does it. You know, because Amy is the person you're supposed to blame for what happens to Joe. You know, Joe's supposed to be, oh, I'm unhappy now because of Amy. Or I have these issues because of Amy. But the thing is, Amy is trying to hold her own in Mm -hmm. this pack of girls. But she still loves her sisters desperately. And they still love her, too. Mm -hmm. You have that bond of sisterhood still there. And you don't have to villainize one of them at all. You don't have to pin girls against girls. Yeah. It's not necessary anymore. And it creates a better story mm-hmm. when you have that anyway, when you don't have the fighting. Yeah. And, like, with the whole sisterhood thing, they were all just trying to figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. And with the whole uh, Joe and Lori situation, um, even at the end when – spoiler alert when – <laughs> When Joe thinks she wants Lori back, she's like, I do want to find love, but I'm so lonely. She said something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can really feel it, but you don't, you don't blame Amy. No. But, Mm. um, yeah, yeah, Joe is just trying to figure it out. And so is Amy. And they just went on their different paths and found what truly made them happy. Exactly. You know, I think I was... While we were talking, I, I had this idea in my mind, like, what would this be? What would this story be? How would it be different if it was told, like, little men, if it was from a boy's perspective, <laughs> if it was a bunch of brothers as opposed to women? And then I realized it'd probably all be shipped off and dying in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Put but, it in a different time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed what you heard and that you'll tune in next time. Have a good one.